O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, April 6. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shemeni, and it means eighth. Leviticus 10, 1-10 Now Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, each took his firepan, put fire in it, and laid incense on it, and they offered before Hashem alien fire, which he had not enjoined upon them. And fire came forth from Hashem and consumed them. Thus they died at the instance of Hashem. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what Hashem meant when he said, Through those near to me I show myself holy and gain glory before all the people. And Aaron was silent. When Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come forward and carry your kinsmen away from the front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. They came forward and carried them out of the camp by their tunics, as Moses had ordered. And Moses said to Aaron and to his sons Eleazar and Itamar, Do not bare your heads, and do not rend your clothes, lest you die and anger strike the whole community. But your kinsmen, all the house of Israel, shall bewail the burning that Hashem has wrought. And so do not go outside the entrance of the tent of meeting, lest you die, for Hashem's anointing oil is upon you. And they did as Moses had bidden. And Hashem spoke to Aaron, saying, 
Drink no wine or other intoxicant, you or your sons, when you enter the tent of meeting, that you may not die. This is a law for all time throughout the ages, for you must distinguish between the sacred and the profane, between the unclean and the clean. 2 Samuel 7, 1-17 When the king was settled in his palace, and Hashem had granted him safety from all the enemies around him, the king said to the Navi Nathan, Here I am dwelling in a house of cedar, while the ark of Hashem abides in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go and do whatever you have in mind, for Hashem is with you. But that same night the word of Hashem came to Nathan, Go and say to my servant David, Thus said Hashem, Are you the one to build a house for me to dwell in? From the day I brought the people of Israel out of Egypt to this day, I have not dwelt in a house, but have moved about in tent and mishkan. As I moved about wherever the Israelites went, did I ever reproach any of the tribal leaders whom I have appointed to care for my people Israel? Why have you not built a house of cedar for me? Further, say thus to my servant David, Thus said the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the flock, to be ruler of my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut down all your enemies before you. Moreover, I will give you great renown like that of the greatest men on earth. I will establish a home for my people Israel, and I will plant them firm so that they shall dwell secure and shall tremble no more. Evil men shall not oppress them any more as in the past. Ever since I appointed chieftains over my people Israel, I will give you safety from all your enemies. Hashem declares to you that he, Hashem, will establish a house for you. When your days are done and you lie with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, one of your own issue, and I will establish his kingship. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. When he does wrong, I will chastise him with the rod of men and the affliction of mortals, but I will never withdraw my favor from him as I withdrew it from Shaul, whom I removed to make room for you. Your house and your kingship shall ever be secure before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Nathan spoke to David in accordance with all these words and all this prophecy. Luke eleven thirty seven to twelve seven. And as he, Yeshua, spoke, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter? But your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. You fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather give alms of such things as you have, and behold, 
all things are clean to you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and Passover judgment and the love of God. These ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. Then answered one of the lawyers and said to him, Master, thus saying, you reproach us also. And he said, Woe unto you also, you lawyers, for you laid men with burdens grievous to be borne, and you yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you, for you build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly you bear witness that you allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and you build their sepulchres. Therefore also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in were hindered. And as he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they rode They trod upon one another. He began to say to his disciples, First of all, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hidden that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which you have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I say to you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which, after he has killed, has power to cast you into hell. Yes, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Psalm 78, 1-31 Give ear, O my people, to my Torah. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a Torah in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born 
who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his Torah, and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness, and gave them drink, as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock, and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea and he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them, and slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. Proverbs 12:19 and 20 The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil, but to the counselors of peace is joy. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Leviticus 10, and then we're going to jump into 2 Samuel 7, and also we'll look at Psalm 78 together. Let's begin with Leviticus 10, and I want to start with verse 3. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what Hashem meant when he said, Through those near to me I show myself to be holy, and gain glory before all the people. And Aaron was silent. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The death of Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, occurs in the midst of the joyous inauguration ceremony of the Mishkan, the tabernacle. The sages explain that they are so moved by the closeness they feel to Hashem at this moment of revelation that Nadab and Abihu desire to get even closer with an offering of their own which they bring in the Holy of Holies, 
Though their intentions are pure, the offering is unauthorized, and the entry into the holy sanctuary forbidden, so they are punished. Their desire for closeness is reflected in Moses' words to Aaron, Through those near to me I show myself holy. Nadab and Abihu are indeed close to God, but this closeness does not allow them to bend the rules. By punishing those who were closest to him, God's name is sanctified as he teaches the important lesson that everyone, even those who are most powerful and respected, must be held to the same standard. Amen to that. So may we approach the Lord according to the protocols that he lays out for us and not in our own way, but according to how he would have us approach him in reverence, in holiness, in in awe, and not just willy-nilly. We don't want to offer strange fire to the Lord, but we want to offer holy fire to him in how we approach him in our prayers and in our worship. Now let's jump into 2 Samuel chapter 7. And let's look at verse 13. Uh, To put this all in context, um, the Lord is speaking to the prophet Nathan. Let's back up to verse 5. Verse 5 says, Go and say to my servant David, Thus says Hashem, Are you the one to build a house for me to dwell in? So he's telling Nathan what he wants to be said to King David. So Nathan is now going to convey this message to King David, and the message is directly from the Lord. So now let's look at verse 13. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. Let's back up to verse 12. When your days are done and you lie with your fathers, this would he's speaking directly to David. When your days, David, are done and you lie with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. That would be Solomon, his son. One of your own issue, and I will establish his kingship. Verse 13. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish his royal throne forever. Now let's look at the Israel Bible commentary to this verse, to verse 13. King David wants to build the Beit HaMikdash, the temple for Hashem. However, Hashem tells him that his son, not he, will build it. As the king who helps conquer the land of Israel fights Amalek and solidifies the monarchy, King David plays an important part in the process of establishing the Israelites in their land. He is even able to make preparations for the building of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple. However, as a warrior, he cannot be the one to build the holy temple, which is intended to promote peace and harmony among Israel and all the nations of the world. Additionally, as the service in the Beit HaMikdash brings people closer to God and helps atone for their sins and prolongs life, it cannot be built by a warrior who shortens the lives of others. Therefore, David's role ends after defeating Amalek. And his son Solomon, a man of peace, becomes God's choice to build of the world's holiest site, the Beit HaMikdash, or the temple, in Jerusalem. Now let's look at verse 16. 
Your house and your kingship shall ever be secure before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Nathan spoke to David in accordance with all these words and all this prophecy. This is a Ramez hint pointing us to the kingship of the Messiah, Yeshua. You see, Yeshua is of the lineage of David. And if you read the lineage of all the begats back in Matthew chapter 1, of who begat who begat who begat who, David is on his lineage. And so Yeshua is the ultimate king of kings and lord of lords, and his rulership and his kingship will last for all eternity. And so David is on that lineage, which leads ultimately to Christ, to Yeshua. Finally, I'd like to jump into Psalm 78 with you and take a look at that, because basically this is a master key to unlock understanding of the scriptures. This is giving us some very important definitions. So the Torah, the Word of God, when I say Torah, I mean the whole Bible, not just the first five books, but the entire Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. The Torah is written in code. And if you're a casual reader, you will miss the deeper meaning. And so you have to have keys to unlock the deeper meaning. It's written in code on purpose. Yeshua spoke in parables. He spoke in code. So how do you decipher it? How do you unlock the deeper meaning? Let's look at Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my Torah. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Verse 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. What is the subject? The subject is found in verse 1. And give ear, O my people, to my Torah. That's the subject, is the Torah. Verse 2 says, I will open my mouth in a parable. So basically, we have a definition here. The Torah equals a parable. The Torah is parables. I will utter dark sayings of old. So what is a parable? There's a surface story, and then there's a hidden, deeper meaning. And you have to search and dig for the deeper meaning. Or a parable can be considered a dark saying. So then it goes on to say, um, this whole psalm is a parable. And it talks in this psalm about how they were rebellious and they were in Egypt and how uh, God delivered them out of Egypt. But then in verse 10, they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his Torah. And so, you know, it goes on to say in verse 15, he clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water or drink out of the great depths from the rocks. But yet they sinned even more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking for meat. When actually the manna was angels food the food of angels. And so all of this brought about, uh, kindled the fire in God's heart. Verse 21, therefore the Lord heard this. 
and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel. Why? Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. And so there's a lot of gems in this uh, par- in this psalm that we can pull. One is to understand that the Torah is one huge parable. And so the one of the ways that we decode it, that we decipher it, and we get to the deeper meaning is we use scripture to define scripture. There are definitions in the scripture to define the words, to define the meanings. For example, the parable of the sower. When Yeshua tells this story, he tells the story of the parable of the sower and the four different kinds of soil. Then later on, he interprets it for the disciples. He tells them the deeper meaning that the soil is actually the condition of a man's heart and the seed is the word of God. So the seed falls on different kinds of hearts. And depending upon the condition of the heart, the condition of the soil, we will see different results when that seed falls. That parable is also like a master key to unlock many, many, many other parables. The entire Bible, in fact, what is the condition of our heart? Do we have rocks and thorns? Does it get choked out? Is it hard, stony ground? Has the soil of our heart been plowed? So it's prepared. Is it soft and pliable? Are we repentant? Are we humble? Have we been broken? So understanding that the the whole Bible is one big parable, and you can't just read it on the surface, on the um, parties, the surface level, but we have to dig deeper and look at Ramez, look at the hint We have to look at drash, the connections between one scripture to another, between one chapter and another, between one book and another book. And sowed, we need to look at the sowed level, which is the heart level, the deepest meaning of all. In fact, that those four levels of Torah study, parties, the surface, remez, looking at a hint, looking at the hint that's in the verse, drash, looking at the connections, and sowed, looking at the heart. That forms the acronym called PARDES. And PARDES in Hebrew, P-A-R-D-E-S, means garden. So when we study the Torah, Yeshua is literally taking us into his garden. We go into the garden with him. And the Torah is like going into a garden, studying listening and learning. So, Father, I pray today for each and every one of us that you will open up our ears and open up our heart and that you will help us to have deeper understanding of the Word of God by your Holy Spirit. Reveal. Take us deeper. Take us into the garden of your Torah. I thank you, Yeshua, that you are the Torah made flesh. I thank you that the tree of life that was found in the Garden of Eden is the same tree of life that we see described in Revelation and that it has leaves that will bring healing to the nations and that we can go there any time when we pause and get quiet and be still and spend time with you.
Yeshua, we love you. We thank you for the plumb line of your truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your life, your light, and your love. We bless you. We thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>